Junkies. Welcome to the Tour Junkies Golf Podcast for the WGC FedEx St. Jude. This is a doozy. All right, me and Pat get into our favorite betting plays, our favorite DFS plays, all the information you need to know about the host site for the FedEx St. Jude WGC event. We recap all the big storylines from the Open, and there are a ton of them. This is presented to you by our friends at BenHoganGolf.com. Ben Hogan Golf is back, y'all, and they are manufactured in Texas. If you are in the market for new golf clubs, we've tried them, we've hit them, we've got our drivers in the bag, we've got our putters in the bag. The irons are absolutely stunning. And right now, for a very limited time to Tour Junkies listeners, the PTX Pros are now in black finish, black metal finish for a limited time only. If you want to buy those or any Ben Hogan golf clubs, you can go to BenHoganGolf.com, and when you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, you get 10% off of the already discounted product. Now, Ben Hogan Golf is different from every other golf manufacturer because they do not have retail. You can only buy them directly from Ben Hogan Golf Manufacturing in Texas. They make the clubs specific to you when you order them, and you don't have the retail markup. For that reason, you can get high-quality golf clubs, at a much lower price and with our promo code tour junkies get 10% off in addition so check out benhogangolf.com enjoy the podcast the chunk and run is electric we talk about twitter trolls we kind of go on a little bit of a rant here forgive us i can't believe this episode lasted an hour and 40 minutes on the fedex st jude thank you guys we appreciate your support those of you who are truly supporters enjoy the show what's going on everybody it is the week after a major, you know. Uh, it's it's just one of those weeks. It's it's always it's always a little uh, it's always a little bit of a struggle, you know what I mean. Um, but the good news is Pat can drink again. So here we are, live on YouTube for those watching. Cheers to you, and for those listening, uh, we've got Pat back. And buddy, how is the how is the vertebrae doing? How's your How's your situation going? It's doing much better. Doing much better. Still haven't started the uh, the PT yet. The PT starts on Thursday, okay. bright and early. But okay. yeah, doing good. Don't think I'll be on the golf course here for another couple weeks. Just going to lay low and uh, see how it goes. But so far, so good. It's been uh, all, all the stuff they've given me has helped. And excited to be back on uh, the Tito's again. You know, maybe we'll hit Tito's. And we hit Planet Tito's tonight. We we don't know. We'll see. Did uh did I hit Planet Tito's last week? I don't. I don't you really did. Remember. I, um yes. Uh, I yeah I did come up here though and just now to my spot where I normally record, and I found a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of chips on the table. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember having a whole lot of chips, but. Um, yeah, I had a lot of chips on the table. Yeah, that was not, during... Not, not poker chips. No, not poker chips. no, potato chips. That was during the uh, TJ After Dark show uh, for DraftKings. Oh, yeah. You were eating chips the entire yeah. time. Yeah, um, now, now it's coming back to me. Yeah, but it was a good show. Was a, you know. It was a great week. A wonderful chunk and run segment. I feel like our chunk and run last week was, was pretty good. I think mine especially was funny. Um, 
you, you yours wasn't as funny, and I guess you didn't think mine was all that funny because you didn't laugh a whole lot when I looked when I checked the tape on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, you did. You called me out on that like separately. I, it just hurts my feelings. Like I every now and then I want you to laugh at me. I want a little giggle. I want something, some kind of feedback to let me know, you know, that this is going okay. Well, I mean, it kind of hurt my back to laugh. I, I, I won't blame it on that. And sometimes the Tito's helps with uh, humor. <laughs> it makes me funnier. It makes you funnier. Um, well, it was a fantastic week. It was the Open Championship. Uh, Royal Portrush was an absolute star, I think. Um, well, yeah, of course. Like I mentioned, great show. There's so much to talk about. I mean, this week we've got the WGC FedEx St. Jude um, from TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee, of course. But And we're going to get to that. We've got our DraftKings picks. We've got our sports betting picks. We've even got some – I've got some sports betting uh, bookie selections for the Barracuda, uh, which is the alternate field event going on this week uh, in in Reno, Nevada. But um, we've got a great chunk and run tonight. But I think there's so many storylines on the Open Championship that I feel like we need to talk about. So I think, first of all, in fairness, you got to talk about Shane Lowry. you got to talk about him – the, the Irishman winning uh, the the Open at Portrush. Shane seems like a likable lad. Um, a likable lad, indeed. I loved seeing the celebration that he had last night. Uh, more on that to come, possibly in the chunk and run. But the beer and Guinness was flowing. The, the, the Irish whiskey and scotch was likely flowing as well. That's I guess that's... Not technically Irish, but anyway, uh, it was good, man. He held on to his lead. He he did his thing. I mean, any thoughts on our champ? Yeah, I our, mean, our champion golfer of the year. Champion golfer of the year. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was fantastic. I mean, just it was it was pretty incredible how you know how he kept it together for all four days. You know, he had he had to sleep on the lead. You know, every single night. Um, I even read somewhere where he, his his constant worry was the shanks, um, which, by the way, Henrik Stenson had a great shank uh, on Sunday. But anyway, yeah. uh, you know, I hear when you get older that that tends to become a problem worrying about the shanks. Yeah, well, it happens to me. Um, but just happy for Lowry, happy for for Ireland. I mean, the 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 whole week was fantastic when you look at um, just the course being, you know, on a new new course in Royal Portrush, or I say new course, you know, it's been like 60 years or whatever since they played there, Northern Ireland, and then you get an Irish winner, and the way he celebrated, too, was just awesome. You knew it was going to be epic. I mean, you just, there was... Oh, yeah. There's no way that, you know, an Irish winner, you know, on a course in Ireland cannot just go out and style. Like, it needs to be all week. I guess he is playing in the WGC this week, um... But uh, yeah, I, we'll see. We'll see what he's. We'll, we'll see, see what he's worth. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, that, how would you and I do if we want my, you know, my member guests or something? I'm not sure we'd do too good. Yeah, I don't think I'm not good. at all comparing winning the Open to my member guests. But to me, it's a major, you know, at my place. Yeah, we we I, I feel like we would celebrate just as much as Mr. Lowry. Did. It would be it would be a great celebration. But um, anyway, happy for him. I did not have any of them in any of my lineups, so. That didn't help me. I had a lot of five of six lineups, which, you know, turned out okay. Not great, but, um, yeah, happy for Lowry. Good week. Yeah. I had a little bit of Lowry in DFS. I came on to him late. Um, had him had him written down 
on, so like to on to talk about on the podcast. And when I had to narrow down the three picks in the seven K range, I, I slashed him. But no excuse, no excuse. All right. Uh, but there's plenty of other things to talk about. I mean, Rory making an eight on the first hole of play on Thursday, finishing eight over for the day, and then coming back and and missing the cut by a nose hair and playing the way that he played on Friday. And then the emotional interview after, which I think is, I don't know, I, I don't know that we've seen that in Rory before. He's always a great interview uh, interviewer, but interviewee. Uh, he's always honest and candid, which I love about Rory. But, I mean, welling up with tears, like you could tell it actually meant something to him, which sometimes I feel like i got a question with Rory. Um, but, man, great to watch him battle that out. I hated to see him miss it, but it is what it is. Any any other – do you have any thoughts on the Rory thing? Yeah, pretty disappointed. Obviously, you knew I have him, had him as one of my plays last last week, and I, and I loved him. And, and you got to – you got to respect the fight that he had, you know, coming back after what he did on Thursday and shooting 65 on Sunday, I mean, on, on Friday. And it, it really could have been, I mean, he made a few other mistakes too where he really could have made the cut. But um, I was impressed with how he handled, it, handled himself after the interview. Um, it was, uh, you know, I think very reflective of who he is. Uh, and he's, yeah, he means a lot to the golfing world. And I think this week showed him too, even missing the cut, how much – his country pulls for him. I mean, they were out there, you know, in droves on Friday pulling for the guy. Um, you know, you saw tweets from, like, JT and, and, and others out there that were just talking about how much they looked up to him. So, um, I, I think there was a lot of pressure on him going into that tournament. That start was just absolutely ridiculous. I just can't – that hole – the out-of-bounds on that hole, by the way, was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen out-of-bounds literally. That would have sucked for me. I literally <laughs> would have walked to the first tee and just been like, hey, I got a question. If we want to speed this thing up, where is my nearest point of relief? Like yeah. where I don't have to – are you going to make me re-tee? I guess they, I guess they had to re-tee. It's a white stake. Um, did, you, did you hear about why it was out-of-bounds? Um, I think it was something to do with they didn't own the land or something when they built the course, something like that. So it was actually kind of to pay homage. Yeah, like they didn't own the land in the previous open, and so they had to make it out of bounds. They didn't own the strip of land between 1 and 18. Um, so on one side of it, they had to make it out of bounds. And then like just the RNA being awesome, which I think they're awesome. And I love the way they process things in golf way better than the USGA. But just being awesome decided, you know what, we're gonna like pay homage to the to the to the first open that we had here and make it out of bounds. So hit it straight or deal with it. Like I loved it. I, I again personally, I would walk to the tee and go, all right, um, I'm gonna look at my caddy and go, so what's the plan after we take a double here? Yeah. Because unless I'm putting it off the tee. There's no way. See, and that's what I think a lot of people don't, you know, when you're just viewing golf and you're net, you haven't actually been on the course to, to see what it's like, to step out on that first tee and see what it's like. You and I have been lucky enough to do it at the National and see what, it, you know, it's a whole different ballgame there. You can miss left and right, and there's plenty of room on most of the holes. But I wonder what it looked like stepping up on that first tee, even as a pro, and seeing that out of bounds so close. You know, it had to have been, you know, pretty intimidating and we saw it happen i mean you also had some unlucky stuff like i think it was a ricky fowler who who took a 
out of bounds because it hit a fan and then went out of bounds from there or something like that. So there was some crazy stuff. JB Holmes went out of out of out of bounds. Yeah, but who and, cares about yeah. that? Yeah, that eighty-seven was beautiful. That was a beautiful. So piece. let's. You brought it up. That's a great transition, a segue, as they say in the biz. There, Pat. Um, JB, who shot, I believe, like sixty, some combination of sixty-six, sixty-eight, sixty-nine. 87 um, as the second to last group the second to last group on Sunday finished third to last by the end of the golf tournament almost DFL uh, and not only did he did he just do that but he did it at you know a slow the slow skis pace remember that remember the Comcast commercials with the turtles they were the slow skis <laughs> yeah. it's He's just so miserably slow, and you had the Brooks, the Brooks pairing, um, who we could talk about him for a whole podcast and all of his stuff before the Open and the press conference about I don't practice like when you guys see me on TV is when I'm playing golf. Like we we could get into the psyche of all that, um, which as a Brooks homer and lover, I actually didn't enjoy hearing all that. But but I don't want to get into that. The Brooks and JB pairing. Him walking off the course or walking off the green early because JV's going through his freaking process, plum bobbing his way to a 90. Uh, and then the comments after that I did think would be a little more electric. Uh, coming, I thought he would be a little more red coming off that, that 18th green and give us a little better sound bite. But he basically said, you know, the guy's just not ready to play when it's his shot. His glove's not on. He's not. You know, he's not he's not he's not doing the things that you can do before you get into your pre shot routine, which mm-hmm. makes him slow. But then he went ahead and said, Hey, but there's a lot of guys that do that out here. But clearly Brooks and J B were not a good pairing on Sunday. Um and J B just isn't making any friends. And you know what? Like, I was thinking about this. I hate it because I'm a fast player. I was playing with my son. I was playing with my son who's eight years old. Loves playing golf. I played 36 holes with him this weekend. And I have seen how, since I have taught him the game, I am proud of the fact, not that he swings like me, because he swings better than me. His golf swing is better than me. I literally cried last night looking at the positions that he gets into during the golf swing that I don't get into in my golf swing. But the thing that I am proud of is that my pace of play has, has through osmosis, because I haven't taught him this, has just been delivered onto him. And I am glad that he will never be a J.B. Holmes kind of kid. Like, he's not going to freaking overthink it. He's not going to overcook it. He's going to be ready when it's his turn. And I think that's something that if you're a parent and you have a kid playing the game, you need to teach them. Because this crap is, it makes you not like the guy. I don't, I'm driving down the road yesterday. I'm like, I, why do I hate J.B. Holmes? I bet he's a nice guy. He's a, he's a Southern boy. Of course, we're Southern boys. Like He's probably a very polite individual. He's probably a nice you know dude with a family. And like I got no other reason to dislike him, but my disdain for the slow play and the lack of awareness, the, the lack of, of awareness that he seems to have for the people he plays with, the, 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 the competitors around him, and what it does to play so damn slow – it just makes me. It makes me go over the edge with the. I go from like every reason in the world to like him to ev- to just like I can't stand him. I agree. I mean, the, the <laughs> thing about JB is just. I think that's the one thing I think about too is that he could be just a great guy. 
It's just he's always yeah. been slow. And for, I'm a I'm a pretty fast player too. I mean, you've played with me. I, I'm not. You yeah, know, yeah, you are. And, and Shockingly, as old as you are, you're shock. You're slow at everything else, y'all. If you only knew how long it takes Pat to get ready, my wife gets ready. My wife is a smoke show. My wife gets ready light years faster than Pat. If only you knew that just just once he gets out of the shower and, and there's the, the, the hair process, which look at his hair. He barely has any hair. But the hair process of blow drying and the numerous brushing exercises, he brushes... If, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you're watching me. He brushes the side of his head mm-hmm. a thousand times. It is maddening. I can't believe you play golf as fast as you do, but I greatly appreciate it. And if you didn't, I honestly don't think I would have you as a member guest partner. I, I, I would just be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, I would go get somebody else. But anyway. Well, I, I, I mean, again, it's like you get back to JB. It's knowing it's being prepared up to your shot, not like getting to your shot and then all of a sudden starting your thought process. I mean, I'm, I'm starting it. You know, once I hit my, you know, 230-yard drive out there and I know I've got, you know, a five, I'm probably going to have a five iron into the green. I mean, I don't know. So I'm going to be ready. I'm going to yeah. figure it out. But it's a short walk for you to that. that yeah. Side. So. Or short drive. Whatever. But, but again, I mean, it's just, and we see this, though, a lot. And, and you can't, I mean, Brooks can't ask for his pairing on a Sunday because it just is what it is. Um, but. It is amazing what it can do for, for golfers when they get paired, too, with the wrong people. Like, I, I can remember Kiz in the PGA Championship when we were watching, you know, a few years ago when he was in con- contention and he got paired with Jason Day, just how it just threw him off. And in, in this way, it obviously threw JV off in, in a bad way for him because I wonder if he was thinking about, like, the whole time, like, I know Brooks is just... I, I, Brooks I don't is know just, that he is. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, know that he is. Now, here's the other thing, like, I can't rectify in my own brain is, so this is like David's on the couch right now with all the listeners and Pat. I love I love Patrick Cantlay, but Patrick Cantlay stands over the ball for forever. And maybe I don't, maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's the pre, the pre-address stuff that I don't, I don't like all the pre-address stuff. I don't like the plumb bobbing, the slow, I don't like the walking up and then, and then addressing your ball or your putt, and then coming back, and then going up, and then coming back. I don't like any of that, like, because I feel like Cantlay's not as slow before he steps into the shot. Then when he steps into the shot, he just stands over it forever. It's, it's slow. But, but in th- my mind, I, I love Patrick Cantlay. These are not going to change, though. Cantlay is not going to change. J.B. Holmes is not going to change. You will not change the, their process now as far along as they are in their careers is at where they are. They're not gonna. They're not gonna change because, you know, you know, Cantlay's pretty damn good, and and he's doing it the way he's doing it. So like, I think going back to what you started with, where it changes is with the kids that are playing golf these days. And we see it though at like the NCAA championships. If you've watched that on Golf Channel, they're slow. The college kids are slow. So I don't. I dude, don't know. What if, is wrong with like my dude? I don't if, know if my boy if, ever plays college golf. He's gonna disrupt some folks. Like. He might go off on a kid. I, I just can't stand that. I can't stand seeing these kids come out of college playing like that. I'm just telling you. I, I, don't, I don't know what changes. I just can't stand I don't know it. what changes it. I really don't. I think, God, I just think it's, just a, it's just something that's going to be annoying that people are going to have to deal with. Now, I do think the way you change it on tour is you actually call penalties. You penalize them. Which I, is, dude, on, nobody does on, it. On Thursday, one of my favorite tweets of the week, and I, I honestly feel like, by the way, thank you to everybody watching on YouTube and commenting right now. We're getting a ton of support 
apparently a lot of our YouTube followers also follow us on Twitter and saw a couple of douche lords that <laughs> commented on on and they're all they're all telling us how we may need to screw that guy. So thank you, Cliff and Nick and all these uh, all these guys. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Oh yes, yeah, Penal- penalizing. I, I feel like I had a tremendous week on Twitter. By the way, I feel like I had a. I, DB did a great job on very, Twitter. I'm gonna go ahead. You're very proud. I'm gonna of pat myself pat on yourself, the back. Yeah. Some great Twitter moments on Thursday. I think I had one of the best tweets of the week. The I, I went ahead and did a little callback tweet of 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 Andy King from Fire Festival, the guy who was ready to to pleasure or orally pleasure a gentleman in exchange for some water for the fire Festival, uh, the meme that w- just went viral a couple months ago, I used that to say I was going to send him in to, to, to get to the RNA to time Bryson because I was watching Bryson live on Thursday, and he's being slow. Now, I, I can't stand Bryson for many reasons more than just his slow play. But Bryson is a perfect example. I remember Bryson playing in college and watching him play the NCAAs and thinking how slow he was. I, I just... It drives me nuts. Um, I, and and the penalization that the that just needs to happen. But I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take. Anyway, let's 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 move on from the JB slow play thing. Um, you know, you had Xander Shawfle with his equipment issue. Um, and Pat, I know you have have dove deep into this article. Um, probably even for the first time in years, you know, went down the the, the physics wormhole trying to figure out how you can enhance the trampoline effect on your own driver um, because that's that's apparently what was measured. The CT, which I'm not really sure that is in in specific terms, but I, know, I do know that it measures the trampoline effect of the driver face uh, was, was illegal for Xander Schauffele. The RNA uh, apparently released that information, which they're not supposed to do. That's violation number one. But also we learned that they randomly picked 30 golfers of the 150-something that competed and found four of them, including Xander Schauffele, the other three of which we don't know, were in violation. Um, so there's all this talk about equipment companies and is Xander a cheater, all this stuff, which he's not. Um, yeah. But in the, the, the process here, any thoughts on that or have you really just been consumed with trying to enhance the trampoline effect on your driver to maybe squeeze out, you know, go from 230 to 238? Off yeah, I don't, I mean, here's the thing. First off, being labeled a cheater on tour is, is pretty damning. Um, Sung Kang is a cheater, okay? Yes, he is. Xander Schauffele is not a cheater, okay? I, I don't care yeah. what the trampoline effect is. I don't even know how they measure the damn thing. But there's a lot of people that, I mean, these guys are in tour trucks and the Callaway truck and whatever else every single week, always trying to, you know, tweak their stuff to get it as best as they possibly can. You know, I, I, I just, I don't think, you could, I feel like I, I heard some people comparing this to like NASCAR, like trying to cheat where like they, they, they tweak the car just to try to bend the rules. That's not the case here. I, I just don't think it's that, I mean... These guys are there. All right, to flick here's them. here's the question. Here's the question because I've heard, I've heard both sides, and I and I'm trying to think of a good comeback here. So, as a tour player, I completely understand that you don't really see it as your job to know whether your equipment is conforming or not. I get that. Like Xander's, like, dude, his response is like, like, I just get the clubs that they give me, and I go out and hit the ball. Like my job is to perform. It's their. He sees it as their job to make sure it's conform. But then I hear other sides of the argument that say, well, if it's your job 
and the equipment is a integral part to you doing your job well, and ultimately the penalty and the 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 consequence lies on you, not on the guy in the truck, not on the guy in the equipment trailer. Why is it not your responsibility to know that your equipment is conforming or not conforming? What, how would you answer that question? Well, I would probably answer it to say that, I mean, when you have a team of folks around you, somebody like Xander um, or, you know, the bigger players on tour like a Brooks Koepka or whoever, you know, you are, tr- you are trusting the folks that are around you to provide you with the best equipment, to put it out there. You are in charge of practicing golf and hitting shots. And I just don't think that you you should have that sort of thought process where you're gonna add on to that. So like, so he's supposed to get out on the driving range and test his drive. Like before he gets into practices and doing whatever, he needs to go and use whatever testing tool they have. And what tool are they using anyway? Like how are they how are they doing that? I don't know. <laughs> I just I mean, had a thought. <laughs> it's just, just like like he's supposed to get out there and say, all right, bring out the. Um, the uh, whatever, you know, the, the TrackMan 35,000 that tells me what the trampoline effect is so I can make sure every single tour event I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm conforming here. I just don't, I think that's asking too much can, of the player. <laughs> can you imagine? So one of the things that he was, he was in violation of is the CT, and I can't remember what it stands for. I don't, that's, again, all that make, brings into my mind is the whole CT, like concussions and stuff. C, that's CTE. Whatever. The, the, <laughs> it's the first two letters. But basically, it measures the amount of time, milliseconds, that a golf ball is on the face when it makes contact. So it's measuring trampoline effect. The longer it's on the face, the more trampoline effect it has, right? Of course. So Of course, so, yes, right. because that's like a spring. The, you know, it's like, the, the maximum number is 257. Xander's was 258, okay? It's literally like the smallest amount of time greater, right? But... Can you imagine if players had to manage their own standards of equipment? Can you imagine DJ and Austin, his brother? (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine DJ on the range talking to Austin about the the CT or the trampoline effect on his driver? And (laughs) I just said this middle picture of DJ at some point just being like, uh, I can't play. I'm... Um, Austin, we gotta switch. We gotta switch out the driver. We're at two two point five eight five. The dude would be hitting persimmons just to avoid having to do the math and do all the all the calculations. <laughs> He'd be hitting persimmons and be ranked like ninetieth in the world, being just fine making three hundred G's a year on uh, on tour. He'd still probably hit a persimmon like two eighty. He'd be just fine. He'd be like Wesley Bryan out there playing golf. All anyway, this being said, um, if I could find one of these spring spring loaded drivers. So, you know, I actually figure I was thinking about that for you today. I was like, man, my, my boy Pat, if there's anything I could gift him, it would be a greater trampoline effect on his driver. And it says that and this is the other thing that's crazy about it, is golf manufacturers admit that the more that that is minimum as a hundred this is the an article in Golf Week or Golf Magazine or golf.com or whatever wrote about it. A minimum of a hundred center face shots can can affect the CT. So just a hundred shots in the middle of the club face can make that can take that CT from legal to illegal, which is a whole nother ball game in measuring this. So I'm thinking you don't have a whole lot of center hits because you no. hit them on the toe so much. No. If yeah. you want to, I need let a used maybe, driver. <laughs> I need a used driver. Well, 
Well, I was going to say, or just take your driver and let, like, let, let's give it to Kiz or John Tillery or somebody we know, Travis Fulton, somebody we know in the business that we know can find the center of the club face. Let him whack it around 100 times or so and give it back to you. Then maybe maybe the trampoline effect yeah, extends to the Yeah, but then does it still, yeah, I was about to say, does it widen? I don't know it, if it extends to the toe. Yeah. We'll have to tweet Bryson and find out if he if he knows if it extends uh, if it extends to the toe. We're getting a Twitter uh, uh, YouTube question. Why do you guys hate DJ? <laughs> I don't hate DJ. I really don't. I I hate Bryson DeChambeau. Um, I'm strongly disliking JB Holmes, but DJ, I, I he's just so stupid. I love to make fun of him, and I, and it's my it's all on me. Pat does not make fun of him near to the effect I do. I've I've already come to the realization he will never be a guest on this podcast because, a I don't think he would if I were saying the nicest things in the world about him and b I just don't even if he was I don't think it'd be a great interview. Um, I my I just feel like DJ is as dumb as a lot of times he appears to be, and so I just enjoy making fun of him and thinking about it. Uh, characteristic time that's what it's called. Brent on YouTube tells us characteristic time is the measurement. Which what what the God, does that even mean? Like characteristic time? What how do I even well, who made that up? Oh God. Um, anyway, that's that. Uh, the open is is what it is in terms of uh, you know how we did. I did think that we had a decent week. My cash picks, by the way, absolutely crushed it. I gave you three cash plays: John Rom, Hendrick Stinson, and Patrick Reed, the sneaky play. Uh, Rom finished eleventh. Stinson with a horrible Sunday and the shank and the snapped club finished twentieth. Patrick Reed finished 10th. Uh, your cash picks, both, you only made two, also made the cut. Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson. Um, I was on Tommy Fleetwood. We were both on Justin Rose, both big fans of John Rahm, both like Patrick Reed. Um, you had a little Webb Simpson action. Those were some highlights. Um, low lights would be my Ian Poulter, Andy Sullivan play. Obviously, Adam Scott beat everyone's head in last yeah. week. I can't even imagine how that guy missed the cut. Um, we faded. Uh, we faded DJ, which was a big call. F- finished fifty first. I faded Bryson, missed the cut. I thoroughly enjoyed seeing that. Faded the U.S. Open champ Gary Woodland, he missed the cut. You faded Paul Casey, finished fifty seventh. Garcia finished sixty seventh. Those were all good fades. Uh, so all in all, not a bad week for us, bud. Um, yeah, the, I mean the the, the 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 FGS article also was was fairly decent too. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Fantasy golf, the, the FGS article that I write uh, every week. I don't, I don't read that garbage. <laughs> hmm. The chalk bomb was nails. Hideki Matsuyama was owned on average of fifteen percent, and a lot of tournaments. Let's go, was... let's go back here. Oh, oh. F you, by the way. I put a lot of time <laughs> in that damn article. I'm just kidding, man. I read it. It was about Irish whiskey. You were asking people to send in some. Irish whiskeys because you didn't yeah, have enough time to do research on real Irish whiskeys. I'm talking about yeah, the, the picks, picks were good. You had Reed in there. You had uh, Xander in there. Those were nice. Uh, it was a good call. Good, good stuff, man. Of course, I read it. You know, I read. You know, I read all your stuff, man. Um, uh, but you the, just want to get to the chalk bomb because it hit the chalk the bomb was was nails. Uh, ben nailed it. Uh, Hideki, thirty percent owned in a lot of uh, a lot of high stakes events. Listen, the chalk bomb is money. If you're not subscribed to the chalk bomb, you need to be. It's free. It's an email that hits your inbox every Wednesday night. If you're playing DFS, if you're betting on golf in any way, shape, or form, one and done, whatever, 
Ben breaks it down in very intelligent ways. Uh, he's like the Bryson DeChambeau of this operation. He's way smarter than us. Way more likable than Bryson, but way smarter than us. Uh, our boy Ben Little breaks it down. So you can subscribe to that. If you go to tourjunkies.com, on the bottom right of every page on the website, there's a little chalk bomb uh, graphic there. And you can put it, all you got to do is put in your email address, and boom, you are in the chalk bomb. We'll get it to you every Wednesday night. It's the best free piece of content you can you can have. Um, Nick on YouTube says you can literally see Pat's heart break when DJ uh, when David bashed the uh, FGS article. <laughs> uh, so disappointed. Oh, um, appreciate that. You know, I think. Uh, all right, let's get in. Let's get into this week, Pat. So we got two events this week. We've got the WGC FedEx St. Jude, which is uh, now. It's a weird thing. It's the WGC used to be at uh, at Firestone. Firestone. Now it's at TPC Southwind, and TPC Southwind used to just be the host site for the FedEx Cup or FedEx St. Jude, which was just a normal, regular, run-of-the-mill week field PGA Tour event, typically held the week before the Open Championship. So uh, still got the WGC event, but at a different venue. Kind of a mix, uh, a mix here, but. Also, you have the alternate field event, which is going on, uh, as we mentioned, in Reno, Nevada, for the Barracuda, and it is a modified Stableford event, which is a totally different scoring. Andrew Putnam is your defending champion there, um, and, and the only reason I mention that is, and we're not going to talk a lot about it. I don't, I don't believe DraftKings or any other DFS sites have any DFS for that particular event because of the, the the scoring system but you can bet on it and i actually think it's a pretty good event to bet on um here's what you've got for this week mainly this week at the barracuda but then next week at the Wyndham, this is going to come into play we are right around the corner from the fedex uh playoffs we've got three events in the fedex playoffs so next week is the Wyndham championship which is the final event of the regular season and then if you are not in the top 125 in the FedEx Cup standings after next week, you are not making the FedEx Cup playoffs, and you are also uh, going to be battling to retain your PGA Tour card and status on the PGA Tour. So it's a big deal. This is the time of year where these guys' livelihood starts to kind of come in, hang in the balance if you're you know, just inside that 125 number or just outside that 125 number. And there's a number of guys, a lot of guys, playing in the Barracuda that are looking at those FedEx Cup points that they can get at the Barracuda to, uh, to, to give themselves a little more cushion. Um, and then there's a couple playing in the WGC. But for the most part, the guys at the WGC are pretty safe and sound in terms of FedEx Cup points. Um, but I do think that is something to look at. So I made some notes on the Barracuda of a few guys that I like to uh, that I would like to bet on for the Barracuda. Pat, is that is that okay if we talk Barracuda real quick, just from a betting perspective? Yeah. Do you have any bets fine. for the Barracuda? I do. I have a couple that I've listed for the Barracuda. Great. Well, any other any any additional things you would say for the Barracuda, and then want to deliver your picks for the people? No, I mean I think that um, you know I I don't mind actually. By the way, having a stable for an event, I think it's kind of cool. I think one of the things you're going to look for in that kind of um, with the points is is definitely scores. I mean, you you want those guys that are they're hitting those birdies, hitting those eagles, because that's where you're getting all your points. So um, you're definitely going to want to. It's going to be it's going to be a pretty low scoring event. Um, low scoring, high points. <laughs> um, 
So, are we giving picks right now? Or are we waiting? Yeah, on let's that, go. Or? Let's for the Barracuda. Let's go. Well, I mean, I'll give you a couple that I like as far as as far as the odds are concerned. I mean, I I, I like some Sam Ryder at forty to one. I think he is a, have him down. a, a yep. very good play this week. Guy can score like crazy, so I think he is one. Um, another guy that we've seen on tour who's, uh, I don't know, he pops up every once in a while. This is kind of a weird name. Um, but at 50-1, to 1, old Wes Roach. We've seen him play recently, seen him play well. <laughs> a a, a yeah. Wes Roach mention in the podcast? Yeah, I'm giving you a Wes Roach oh, mention at 50-1. Are you drinking moonshine tonight? What are we doing? Yeah, just telling you. Just look out for them. Um, those are the two main ones I have. I don't, I don't have. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't prepared to like talk like a ton of Barracuda. So. Yeah, I'm not either. But I, I do agree with you. You need guys who can score. Um, the Barracuda is all about eagles and birdies, baby. That's what you want. A lot of first-time winners here. Uh, I've got a handful here that I'm going to give you. Of course, all odds are courtesy of our friends at mybookie.ag. If you're not already joined with MyBookie, you can go to MyBookie.ag. Use promo code TOURJUNKIES. Now, this does get confused a little bit. If you use promo code TOURJUNKIES, you're going to get a 50% deposit bonus. If you deposit $100 as your opening deposit, you're going to get an additional $50. And I have $150 to play with. However, like every other online gambling site out there, you will be required to meet rollover requirements before you can withdraw. If you wish to waive that, uh, that need then you may chat into my bookie and tell them you wish to waive it there. Therefore, you are also relinquishing your deposit bonus. But you are still coded under Tour Junkies, which means you can always come to us if you have any questions, problems, issues, customer service needs, whatever. We have very few of those, but everyone that we do have always gets fantastic service from our friends at mybookie.ag, who we've been working with for about three years. Um, Pat, did you get a refill there? Is that what you did? A little, yeah. A little, little fresh refill. pour? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going with a theme here. I want scores at the Barracuda. I want mid-range kind of shots at the Barracuda. And I want guys who are on the fringe in the old FedEx Cup standings as of now. So I'm going to start with my short odds. I like Johnny Vegas at 35-1. to 1. Johnny Vegas is currently 71st in the FedEx Cup playoffs, so he's pretty safe to play in the first event, but top 70 get into the second event. He's probably thinking about that. We know Johnny Vegas has been playing well lately, 35-1. to 1. He's as short as I'm going. I agree with you on Sam Ryder. I'm going to add to the Sam Ryder play at 40-1, to 1, another 40-1 to 1 guy, Denny McCarthy, who's also playing very well right now and 115th in FedEx Cup uh, standing. So he is right on the fringe. He's got to have a good week this week and next week. Denny McCarthy's one. I'm going to go Troy Merritt at 50-1, to 1, who is another guy who's been playing pretty well lately. Uh, he's 112th in the FedEx Cup standings, right on the fringe of the 125. I'm going to go with a guy who played very well this past week at the other alternate event in uh, in uh, Kentucky at the Barbasol. Sebastian Munoz is outside of the 125. He's 129th, and he is 60-1 to 1 on my bookie. And then two more, Kelly Kraft, who almost won, uh, lost, finished second at the Barbasol to Jim Herman this past week. Shot like 25 under, which is ridiculous at any tour event. If you talk about a guy who's who's hot right now, can score, he's at 66 to one, and Kelly Craft is 114th in the FedEx Cup standings. So also very motivated. And finally, a guy we've both been on in all formats who we know can score. But what what's going to happen is he's going to score three out of four rounds. We just need him to put four <laughs> rounds together, and he can win. He also looks just like a skinnier version of Pat 
It is Hank Lebiota at 80 to 1. Um, I, I'm liking a little Lebiota, and he is out way outside of that top 125 at 141st in the FedEx Cup standings. So I'm going Vegas, McCarthy, Ryder, Merritt, Munoz, Kraft, and Lebiota. And then okay. you're at, you're doing Sam Ryder and Wes Roach. I do like I, the Munoz pick. I'm saying this. I, I want to make a point here because I'm pretty sure that when this week is all said and done, we're going to make a lot of people some money because one of those picks is going to win this thing, and people are going to be happy that we talked about it. There we go. Now that's all I will say about the freaking Barracuda. Tell us about TPC Southwind, a course that we should all be somewhat familiar with as the host site of the former FedEx Cup St. Jude Classic. What we got? Yeah, so they've held that tournament actually since By the way, timeout. Presented by Fantasy Draft, of course. Did you? Uh, I played in the tort card last week. I cashed. Nice. Won some money in the tort tour card. Uh, shocking, I know, but the rake-free DFS movement is still... Huh. It's coming. I, think, it's like, I think fantasy it's like, draft is it's like, like Game of Thrones. Winter is coming, but you just don't. It's <laughs> like gonna take. It's gonna take table. forever to get there, but it's coming. They're all sitting around at a table and they're like, "Do we really want to do this? Do we really want to not charge yeah. rake for every contest? How are we gonna do this? How are we gonna make it happen? How are we gonna make sure that a hundred percent of your entry fees?" go into the price pool? How are we going to make sure that 100% of all entry fees are going to be paid out the way that we say they're going to be paid out? How are we going to make sure that we have a rake-free DFS site that provides Major League Baseball, NBA, NFL, and of course PGA and NHL if you do that stuff? Um, it's unbelievable. But we do know that it is coming. But it's just, it's just not real right now. It's supposed to be here next week. Uh, it's going to be good. We think that if you play DFS regularly, you are going to see where your dollar will go further in this new format at Fantasy Draft. So if you've not joined already, you can um, go to Fantasy Draft and set it up. It's uh, it's a great site. The PGA game is fun because you pick seven players. They drop your lowest scoring guy from every roster, um, and they keep your top six scoring guys. Uh, also, your brother, Chris Perry, DirecTV Perry, is chiming in on your bangs, Pat, uh, which I think is... Pretty hilarious. Your oh. bangs are doing a they're doing a thing right now. You want to you want to fix that? <laughs> <laughs> I am here for the Chris Perry uh, commentary on YouTube. I'm here for it. I hate and the I YouTube. And I will bangs. I will gladly put it all over the screen. And Pat has no idea what uh, I get what I get to throw up on the I screen. Hate, it's, I hate it's the, literally the, the best. YouTube thing is gonna end tour junkies forever at some point. <laughs> all right, hit us end. with the. Uh, this All is right. TPC so, as I said, they have played this course since 1989, so there's definitely some history here. This is a par 77,244 yards. You got Bermuda Greens this week. Remember, 64-player field, no cut. There no is cut. Some, there's some strategy involved with that. <laughs> this course plays pretty tough, though. I mean, you look at last year as the 11th toughest course on tour. In 2017, it was the 15th, and in 2016, it was the 10th toughest course. So, this is uh, this is definitely one that has some teeth to it. Even though it typically gets a weaker field, you know, don't think because of that that uh, this course is is not tough on these guys. Water is in play on a, a ton of holes. Actually, eight holes it is in play. So there are some big numbers. This this course is literally the most like if you look at water balls every year, this is this is the one. It, it even beats out TPC Sawgrass, which has a lot of water as well. Especially twelve and eighteen. Is that real? Is that a real stat? Did you just make that up. 
No, I read it somewhere. Just a lot of water. There are balls. more water balls here than at TPC Sawgrass. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So be be be. I, uh, I don't I don't believe you. I I don't believe you. Are you going to get them back on Tito's already? I mean, calm, just level it out. Level it out, okay? Be patient. Yeah, you mentioned it. I may need to get a refill here in just a minute. Anyway, so you got to keep it in the fairway. Don't F up your approach shots. Um, you look at the par fives. There are two par fives here, but both of them are gettable. The number three plays 554 yards. Number 16 plays 530 yards. So, again, you probably can see some eagles on those holes. You got four par threes out here playing between, I don't know, 162 is the shortest, longest is 239. There are, here's where the teeth really lies in this course, though. Eight of the 12 par fours measure 450 to 500 yards. That's that's pretty long there when you're talking about, you know, yeah, three quarters of your par fours are the, that 450 to 500 yards. So that's what makes it really tough. So I did look at that as far as stats. I looked at par four scoring from 450 to 500 yards. Also looked at strokes gained approach, driving accuracy. This is a ball strikers course. We've seen that year in and year out. Um, I did look at opportunities gained, though, just seeing um, you know some guys that, that are definitely giving themselves scoring chances. Looking at past chance. Now, this is the FedEx St. Jude. This is not WGC Firestone, okay? so Yeah, last, yeah, we don't care about that. Give us FedEx St. Jude Classic. We don't care winners. about that. So last year, DJ won 2017 Burger, 2016 Burger. 2015 Fabian Gomez and 2014 Ben Crane. Selena's ben Crane. daddy. Selena's and DJ daddy. won another year too. Yeah, DJ he, he won, won in 2012, so he's won twice. So yeah. there you go. That is the course breakdown for TPC Southwind in Memphis, Tennessee. What a fantastic city, by the way. Great barbecue. It ain't Nashville, but yeah, it's a good good spot. Uh, yep, good breakdown there. I looked at strokes gain approach, strokes gain off the tee. Um, I looked at scoring, uh, so DraftKings points scored or birdie or better or whatever you want to do. I think bogeys avoided. Uh, bo bogey avoidance is a good stat. You mentioned you know it's not the easiest course on tour despite having a really crappy field. It is kind of a tough spot. Um, and then I looked at strokes gain putting over the last 100 rounds on Bermuda green surfaces. I think that's going to make a difference. Uh, but here's the deal. All in all, you know what matters most if you're playing DFS is ownership. So ownership, leverage, scoring, I think that makes a big deal. Uh, and in terms of uh, betting odds, we'll get to that here in just a minute. But um, I noticed you know, a few players that have gained the most strokes at Southwind over the last few years would be Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Billy Horschel, Brooks Kepka. Uh, are your top four. Shez Reevy, J.B. Holmes, Ian Poulter kind of in there as well. When you look at guys who have played here more than a couple times, th those guys have gained the most strokes at TPC Southwind, which just tells you it's a ball-striking course. It's, it's tee to green. It's get hot on the Bermuda putting surfaces. That's what it is. So um, I think it's an interesting event. As you mentioned, 64 players. Therefore, in terms of betting and DFS, um, I think it's kind of wide open. I mean, any of these guys can get hot and go low all four rounds and score on this golf course. So let's get to it, Pat. Uh, 9K and above, let's start. Three tournament plays or GPPs, one cash play and a, and a, and a fade. Um, I am going to play Brooks Kepka in a non-major. 
at 11.6, which if you follow us close enough, you know that I rarely play the, the, the highest price guy on DraftKings, um, and I rarely play Brooks if it's not a major. But I do know that a WGC is as close to a major as it gets, not being a major, and Brooks likes some money. And I also know that Brooks said himself, nobody hit the ball better than he did at the Open Championship, which I agree. He, he just couldn't, couldn't make putt. a freaking putt. Yeah. He didn't make anything, which is not which is not like Brooks. He just he normally makes putts, and he just didn't. Um, but still managed to finish fourth at the Open. I, I love Brooks staying hot. Tita Green here. Um, he's already, you know, I mean, he's played here. He's played 20 rounds here at TPC Southwind, and he's seventh um, in strokes gained total at this golf course. Uh, and at 11.6, I think I'm going to give you a couple guys in the 6K on DraftKings that I really like that I think you can pair him with and then get into that 7K range. I think you're just fine. And I think he's going to be low owned. I think he's going to be faded. Everybody's going to love playing DJ, who's won here twice. Uh, Rory at a little bit of a discount, being the third uh, third price guy here. I think Brooks will be low owned in tournaments as well. Uh, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to go to Cantlay at, at 9,800. Um, it's. I know he didn't have the best Open Championship. I was all over him for there, but he checks every single box. He's second in bogey avoidance. He's fifth in DraftKings points scored. He's sixth in strokes gained off the tee. He's eighth in strokes gained approach. You talk about. Winners like DJ and Berger winning twice, each winning twice. You're talking about ball strikers. You're talking about Patrick Cantlay. Uh, so I love I love Cantlay here at 9,800, and a, and a kind of benign finish to the Open may lead to lower ownership on him as well, but ultimately I don't care what his ownership is. I'm going to play him. And then at 9,300, I'm going to go Xander Schauffele. I, I The strokes gain off the tee numbers, um, the scoring ability of Xander, the kid's just super good, and the value on DraftKings at 9,300 is also way too good. Now, you guys know me. I don't bet short odds. Uh, I don't like betting short odds, so I don't have any betting picks here. But strictly in DFS, I'm going Brooks, Cantlay, and Xander. For cash, I think Xander is where you start your cash lineups at $9,300. Uh, I'm all in on him. And then, you know, I mean, I still think you fade DJ. Like, 11-4, second-highest-priced guy, clearly something is not right, and it's not just the putter. It's not just the putter for DJ. Um, it did not did not hit the ball, did not strike the ball all that well at the Open Championship either. Um, in fact, he lost almost four strokes off the tee at the Open. I mean, that's, that's alarming for DJ. When's the last time DJ lost four strokes off the tee? Now, obviously, he may return to some sort of an average, but he's, his game has not been great. So as the second-highest-priced guy, you know, a, a former winner twice, maybe owned uh, high in GPPs, my fate is DJ. That's the my 9K and above range. Pat, I'm going to go refill, and I'm going to maximize your ugly mug on the YouTube feed so people can only see you. And I'm going to go refill while you tell me what you think of those plays and give me your 9K plays. Wow. Okay, well, I'm going to start with DJ since you just mentioned him. And he is he is my fate as well I, for all the reasons that you said. I just I just don't see playing him at 11-4 the way he's playing right now, his recent form, everything else. So DJ is my fate. I am in, certainly in agreement with you. Um, as far as GPP plays, I'm, I'm going back to Rory. God, what the hell is that noise? Good Lord, keep it down. All right, just keep it down. 
Um, anyway, um, I'm going back to the well with Rory. Look, he has been fantastic all year. I know he had a tough event, you know, at the Open, whatever. You take out the first and the last holes, he's in there in contention, I think. So I'm going to go with Rory at 11-1. I love him. You look at the stats across the board. He's number one in ball striking, number two in approach. Checks the box and opportunities gained. Also, he in uh, that par four scoring I mentioned, 450 to 500 yards. Um, just a great driver of the ball. So I do like Rory at 11-1. I'm with you on Cantlay. He was my other GPP at 9,800, so don't need to say any more there. Also, Justin Rose. I like him at 9,500. Checks the box and ball striking. Also, strokes gained approach, opportunities gained. And he is seventh in the field in par four scoring from 450 to 500 yards. I like that for Justin Rose. For cash, I'm actually going to go with Henrik Stenson, a guy, another guy, just been coming on after that slow start to the year. You know, you look at his stats literally across the board, driving accuracy, strokes gain approach. He's number one, number two, by the way, in driving accuracy, 14th in ball striking. I think Stenson is as solid as they come. Yeah, I could, you could play him in cash, you can play him in GPP, but I'm going to put him right there in the cash slot for me. So Stenson will be that guy. So. Rory, Cantlay, Justin Rose, Stinson's my cash, and then my fade is with my boy DB, even though he's an asshole, uh, is my fade. Wow, that's aggressive. That is aggressive. Well, there you go. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's get to the AK range, and this is where um, I also am going to start my betting card in the AK range here. Uh, before we do that, I do think... Again, if you've not already joined Fancy National Golf Club by now, you're losing a lot of dollars. Uh, six figures won at the Open Championship by Fantasy National members, and you can join FantasyNational.com when you use FantasyNational.com slash TJ, okay, and you get 20% off your membership. That's pretty, pretty amazing. 20% off a weekly, monthly, or annual subscription, and... If you just try the weekly subscription and do fantasynational.com slash TJ when you sign up, and then you decide, this is amazing, I want to upgrade to an annual subscription, you can still get the 20% off. It's pretty awesome, and it's the best stat engine. It's where all of our stats come from. When you hear us talk about stats, you can trust that every single one of them come from Fantasy National. Uh, AK Range, Patrick. Patrick Perry. What's your middle name? I forgot your middle name. Patrick Horton? Is it Horton? Uh, what is my oldest son's name? Harrison. Patrick Harrison. That's right. I remember that. All right. You know what? Um, I'm taking you. You were, you were on the list in the chunk and run for one of these questions, and you are now <laughs> off the list. Should... Dang. I know Thank the question. You. That hurts. That hurts. Yeah. Uh, by right. the way, chunk and run, we're going to talk about partying after the Open. You're going to want to hear this. Uh, and we're going to address Twitter trolls. Um in the AK range, my two tournament plays. Ah, God, this is this is painful. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go with the decky, which is not painful. That's not the painful tip, or painful pick. Missed his first cut in 20 something events. So the last two cuts Hideki has missed were the Open Championship in 2019 and the Open Championship in 2018. Okay, uh, he is not gonna miss another cut. And at 8900, he's still ball striking his balls off. All right. He checks every single box that I mentioned in the when I said what stats I'm looking at. Just know that he checks all of them. He still he just doesn't play the open well. And I liked him last week on the podcast, and I read the chalk bomb, and I read 
15 reasons why I shouldn't like him, and I was like, well, maybe I should fade him. So I did. Worked out. But I'm going back to Hideki this week in a in a uh, an event like this. Four rounds guaranteed. I love what he's doing right now. He's having one of the best years that nobody's talking about, honestly. Hideki is. So I'm all in on Hideki. And, and then I'm going to go to a guy who missed the cut, and I said you should fade last week, but I'm going to him this week, and that's Gary Woodland. Number one in this field in strokes gained approach, number 13 in DraftKings points scored, um, 27th in bogeys avoided, checks the box off the tee, doesn't putt that well on Bermuda, but obviously he doesn't putt that well anyway. But at 8100 that is a pretty good uh, price break for Gary Woodland. And you don't have to worry about him missing the cut and just missing it on the number and being stupid, right? Like, you get him all four rounds. And I love the leverage and the value you get with Woodland there. Uh, he is also where I'm going to start my betting card at mybookie.ag, promo code Tour Junkies. Uh, he is at 55 to 1. The U.S. Open winner is 55 to 1 in a 64 man field where like 10 of these guys are worthless. He is 55 to 1 to win this event, a WGC event, just because he barely missed the cut at the Open. I, I think there's. I mean, I do think you're right. I put money you, on Gary Willen at fifty-five to one. I think you definitely put some money on there, but I mean, if you look at off the tee as far as his accuracy is concerned and things like that, which I do think makes a little bit of a difference here, he's not really checking the box there. But I mean, other than that, there's, there's. I didn't look at that. I don't care about that. I'm just saying. And the yeah, he's got to be way less. I just feel like there's a little bit of a there's Rush. a little bit of a sucker side to this at eighty-one hundred. I just wonder. He's not my thing, but there's just something about it that I don't know. But look, I mean, it's a 64-man field, so whatever. <laughs> I, I think you get an open champion and a guy who's had a great year and checks a lot of boxes for $8,100 is pretty pretty strong. Um, my cash play in this range is actually going to be Tony Finau. I liked what I saw out of Finau, and I didn't think he was going to finish third at the open. Um, I, I didn't, but at, at this event where, like, listen, you know, I, I know you said that, that this has not been one of the easier courses on tour, but I do think now that the field is much stronger, I still think a lot of birdies are out there, and I think that's, Finau does does well there, um, and, he, and he also surprisingly doesn't make a lot of big numbers, uh, but I like how he played at the Open, I like the momentum, he's kind of back on track, he doesn't check a lot of boxes because if you look... You know, over the last six weeks or so, he's not done great. But I was pleased to see what he did at the Open. And at 8,400, you're guaranteeing me four rounds. I like the scoring ability of Tony Finau. So I'm 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 going to roll with Xander and Finau. If you're going to play cash lineups, you know, I, I, I like that combination. And I'm going to fade Jordan Spieth. I mean, I, you can't go four rounds spraying the ball all over Tarnation like Jordan did. And we saw it on Sunday. The guy, through 36 holes, I don't remember how he finished through 72, but I know through 36 holes he hit 11 fairways at Portrush. 11 fairways at Portrush. And we saw him Sunday, literally, he was all over the place. His ball well, striking is not there, and at $8,600, he is, again, an easy fade. I'm not, I, I don't want a ball striking course. I don't want Jordan here. Not interested. I agree. Although, here's the thing. We talk about him at the Open being 
you know, like if we want to get into the actual picks themselves and like him being just an easy fade and we sort of brush across that and say like, okay, well, you can't choose him. You got to choose anybody else. So why is this different than any other week? Just because he finished, had okay week last week? Like, so, so, that, so that's your bold call is Jordan Spieth. Like last week, if I chose Spieth, that would have been like a, you know, a, a, laughable, a laughable fade because he's obvious. But this week it's not. So, like, I guess maybe I can go with Phil Mickelson then. Should I go with I that? I mean, he finished – so he finished 20th at the Open. So you don't think – But he was in contention. But he was in contention. You don't, th- right? you don't think people are going to are gonna be ready to play Jordan Speed at 86? No, I don't. I don't. Not, not in this 8K range when you got guys around him who are actually – you know, playing a lot better consistently I mean, than he. Honestly, is. there's there's nobody else in here I would fade over him. There's just maybe, maybe maybe Hatton. I'm not a big fan of Hatton here, but I know we See, had a good I'll week, go with but. I'll go with I'll, you know I'll go with Jason Day at 8300. And the reason in is in terms of a fade. In terms of a fade, and the reason is oh, I'd is much rather play Jason Day. Much rather play Jason Day. No, but I think when it comes to ownership and things like that, which is hard to peg on a 64-man field, we could get into that, you know, and, and, and you can obviously look at fans here and see what it is. But Jason Day, I think when you get him at 8,300, when have you seen Jason Day at 8,300? There's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to play Jason Day just because they see him at 8,300, and it's freaking Jason Day. And, I mean, he was know, only twelve percent owned on average at the Open. But this is a sixty-four man field event. Jordan was Jordan was like six percent owned and finished twentieth. But you think more people are going to want to play Jason Day? I think yes, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You think Jordan Spieth's going to? You think Jordan Spieth's going to be higher owned than Jason Day this week? I don't know that he's going to be higher because I mean he, he was half the ownership of Jason Day last week. So I'm not going to say he's going to be higher. But I think they're going to be within a percentage or two. I think they're going yeah. to be very close. But I mean, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Okay. Well, you're, you know, you're obviously the ownership whisperer. Yeah, I'm the ownership <laughs> wizard of the group. That is for sure. Um, All right, he's it, your fade. Give me the so rest So he's of my fade. Hideki, I'm with you on him. I mean, coming off that miscut, whatever. I mean, he's just, you know, ball striking, everything else. I'm with you there. So I do like Hideki. Um, I'm going to go back on the cash. I'm going to take. I'll, I'll go. I'm going to go to my other GPP play last. But for cash, I will say Paul Casey at 8,200. I think even though I faded him last week, which actually kind of turned out okay. You look at the stats for this course. I mean, it's just across the board. It's perfect. I mean, number two in ball striking, seventh in strokes gained approach, ninth in fairways gained. He's fifth in opportunities gained. Top 20 in par four scoring. So I think across the board, this is a course for Paul Casey to fare well on. I kind of, you know, you look at a, a course like um, Copperhead at Valspar where he's done extremely well. Another very difficult, kind of sneaky, difficult course on tour where he's done well on. So I do like Paul Casey here um, at 8,200. The other GPP play, which I just cannot wait to talk about, is Bryson DeChambeau at 8,800. I know you hate him. But you know what? I've said this all year. He is a guy that you play when he's been hot. And I'm throwing out the Open Championship because I just don't think – you talked about him being a fade last week, I believe, and this is not a course for him. Or not this course, but the Open is not. It's just it's just not. It's, it, he thinks about things too much. I don't think he has all the shot shapes that you need out there. Did you see – I mean, did you just see the shot tracker on some of Shane Lowry's shots? Like 17 yesterday, that thing barely got like 12 yards off the off the ground. I just don't think that DeChambeau has all of that. 
he and but but he has the shots for a course like this. And he's you know, you look at stats, top twenty in ball striking and approach, top twenty in driving accuracy. He's been playing extremely well lately. So I do like Bryson DeChambeau at eighty eight hundred. I don't care for him as an individual, but that does not matter. My wallet does not care. My wallet does not care about that. So I will play him in my tournament lineups this week. So there you go. I am going to reveal to the people watching on YouTube my this is my rundown sheet here. This is this is my rundown sheet. Okay? And on here I write down some picks and if you'll notice in the 8K section there is Decky Gary, and who's there underneath it? Look at a little Bryson right there. I actually, I actually kind of like a little Bryson here. I, I, I I've, I've said this though since, since my hatred for Bryson since what was that like four or five podcasts ago when I really said okay I've come to my firm stance on Bryson because I my my. My stance on Bryson is relatively new. I, I, for a year now, have been like, do I like him? Do I not like him? I don't know. Um, but a few podcasts ago, I went ahead and said, yes, I've landed on the fact that I can't stand him. But I also said, I, I, I know that he's a good enough player that if I, I'd be a fool to not play him. And I actually kind of like him here. I agree with you. I, I like the... I like where his form was prior to the Open. I said it last week. I don't think the Open, at least at Port Rush, is not his thing. I think he can overthink it. And I think maybe that's what he did, maybe not. But his form before that was fantastic. This was about the time of year last year. He won two events. You know, right? Yeah, he, he we, made it good. We nailed him at 80-1. to one. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind Bryson whatsoever. He just didn't make my final two. So, But I had him written down. I just, I just proved it to the people. Nice. All right. Seven K. I started the I started the nine K and above. Why don't you start the seven seven Ks here? Give me give me three tournament plays, a cash play, and two fades, Mister right. Patrick. Well, so I had a, I Hubert had Perry. I had several here uh, that I like, so it was kind of hard to peg. But I'm going to start with uh, old Chesticle Ches Reedy at seventy nine hundred. I like him this week. You know, you, you look at the stats for him. He has always been a ball-striking machine, and he's been incredible this year. He is number one in the field, by the way, in driving accuracy, checks the box and opportunities gained, and par four scoring for me. Um, you know, I think he could be lower-owned after missing two cuts straight after his win. Um, but, you know, last year when he played at the FedEx, he was six. So a good finish last year. He is also top 20 in the field. When you go back to um, putting on Bermuda over the last, I looked at, uh, I believe it was 75 rounds. So I think that Ches Reeve is, I'm going to get back on him. I know he's missed the last two cuts, but I like him this week. So I, he will be one of my GPP plays. The next one is going to be a guy you mentioned earlier, uh, Billy Horschel at 7,500. I think he is a great play this week. You look at the stats for him. I mean, he's 16th in ball striking, 22nd in approach, 15th in fairways gained. Checks the box and par four scoring. He's, I mean, he's just been solid all year. Made 18 of 20 cuts um, with five top 20 finishes. He was fourth here at the St. Jude Classic in 2017. So I like Billy Horschel, and I also like him as my cash play. Now, here's where I had problems was my, my third tournament play. Now, I was kind of flipping back and forth between a couple folks, and... 
I think I'm going to go Matthew Fitzpatrick at 7,700. You know, I mean, he was top 20 last week at the Open. He was 12th at the U.S. Open. He was second at the BMW just a few weeks ago. He checks the box in driving accuracy. He's top, he's fifth. He checks the box in ball striking. Um, you know, he's third, actually, in putting on Bermuda over the last uh, 75 rounds. So I think that I think old Fitzy could be a good play, kind of a sneaky play this week. We'll see where his ownership is. Um, so there you go. By the way, the other guy that I, I'm just going to – I cannot not mention him, and that's Andrew Putnam. I like him also as a tournament play. Um, so there you go. Who did you say your cash game play was? I'm going to go with Horschel in cash. And your two fades? Oh, we have two fades. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Yeah, we've only had two fades in the seven K range for like a year now. Yeah, I don't know. I was just uh, so Mark Leishman. Okay. Mark Leishman at seventy six hundred. I, I just I think hey, people who we, are, fade, who we faded last last week. By the way, a lot of people were on Mark Leishman. You I think he's another good fade this week. Uh, you know, doesn't really check any boxes for me at all. Um, so, and I think, you know, people might look at him at that 76 price range, kind of a bigger name, might want to play him. So, I think he's certainly a fade. Um, I'll throw one out here um, just because I didn't write it down, and you just got to continue to fade. <laughs> Phil Mickelson. <laughs> all right, go ahead. All right. Um, first of all, I like your Billy Ho play. Good ball striker, good form, never played the open well. Okay, so I think you, I agree with you. I think you kind of throw out the Billy Ho. Open hey, you remember the hat backwards thing? Back in the day, the hat backwards, the hat backwards at the Open, and then we got the interview. Throwback. Yeah, that's how we landed the Billy Horschel interview. Was Pat pissing and moaning on Twitter about Billy Ho's hat backwards during the in the rain uh, at the Open? That's good stuff. Um, all right, I'm going to start my tournament plays at seventy six hundred dollars at Danny Willits, who I also had a bet on to win the Open last week at eighty to one. Finished sixth at the Open Championship, and he's checking boxes. Danny Willett's back, y'all. He's back. It returned. He really the, is. Of, of, he really of is the, of the Danny Willett. Uh, he'll always have a special place in my heart because they hit him at 150 to one to win the Masters in 2016 or whatever it was. Um, I, I like Willett here at 7600. I think he's going to be a low owned tournament play, uh, and that's what you need here. All four rounds, whatever. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna get him. I like him also on my bookie. He's gonna make the betting card at 66 to one, uh, playing that well right now. I like it. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with with Danny Willett. I'm gonna go with the rookie, the young guy, Mr. Matthew Wolf. Now I think he could be popular. Uh, everybody's excited to play the new young stud, fresh off his P- first PGA Tour victory a couple weeks ago. Obviously checks a lot of boxes off the tee, tee to green. But when I look at winners like DJ, like Daniel Berger. I do think you're going to have to make a lot of birdies here. I think Matt Wolf is a, an interesting pick at 7,500. I think the value is too good to avoid, no matter the ownership. In fact, I also like him enough that he's my cash play um, in the 7K range, and he's on my betting card at 90 to one. I mean, 90 to one for Matt Wolf in a 64-man field who just won his first tour event. I, I think it's a great number on mybookie.ag. So I'm tripling down on Matt Wolf. I will have him in tournaments. I will have him in cash. And I will have him on my betting card at mybookie.ag. And then finally, I'm going to go to a guy who missed the cut uh, last week. But 
has actually, you know, he's got 12 rounds under his belt at TPC Southwind, and in those 12 rounds, he is ninth in strokes gained total at TPC Southwind historically, and that is Ian Poulter. I, I had a lot of Poults at the Open. He disappointed me greatly in the miscut. Um, he didn't get the best part of the weather draw, and that is a thing at the Open Championship, something to consider. But he is 25th in DraftKings points scored over the last uh, tw uh, 24 rounds or whatever I measured. And he also putts really well on Bermuda grass long term. I think Poulter's an interesting bounce back in tournaments uh, if you're playing DraftKings or FanDuel or what have you. And then my two fades, I'm going to go with Matthew Fitzpatrick. I don't like Fitz here. I like Fitz. I liked Fitz last week when distance and like high rate of scoring didn't matter. But I don't like Fitz. I don't like Fitz in an event like this where you got to hit it long. You gotta. You gotta bomb it. You gotta score a lot of birdies. I'm just not a fan of Fitzpatrick here. And I'm also gonna fade our boy Kevin Kisner, who can't seem to avoid the big number. He is not playing well. Uh, he's not checking the box in bogey avoidance here over the last few uh, few rounds that I looked at. Uh, not gaining strokes off the tee like he should, honestly. He's not making enough birdies for me. He's not racking up the top tens. It's 7,200 on a course where it's a birdie fest. It's kind of a bomb and gouge deal, I think. Um, I, I'm weighing accuracy less than you. I think Kisner's a fade. I liked him last week. I ended up coming on to him late in the week, but not here at TPC Southland. So there you go. All right, Pat, let's get to the 6K range, and we're going to button this bad boy up with a fun chunk and run segment tonight. Um, 6K, I got two guys, um, and I'm going to bet both of them because I love the odds. I'm going to go with a little Lucas Beauregard, who uh, finished 16th at the Open Championship, gaining five strokes off the tee, a stroke and a half uh, on approach, 16th also at the PGA Championship, 21st at the Masters. He's basically European Brooks Kepka. okay? Like, 21st at the Masters, 16th at the PGA, 16th at the Open. Meanwhile, missed the cut at the Byron, Byron Nelson, missed the cut at the RBC. I think he's going to like to see the, uh, the, the purse breakdown at the WGC event this week. Coming off a hot week, uh, I like Beauregard here. I, I like the scoring ability. I like the distance off the tee. And actually, on the data that we do have, he puts best on Bermuda as opposed to uh, bent grass or POA surfaces. And then I'm, I'm going to go with another Euro who checks the box off the tee and DraftKings scoring. Uh, he's another cheap play, and that is Justin Harding, who finished 41st at the Open, had a rough weekend, but was right up there, gained, gained strokes on approach, gained strokes tee to green. Um, Justin Harding's a guy who can score a lot of points. He's $6,600 on DraftKings. I like Harding. Harding is 150 to 1 on my bookie. And, and going into Sunday, he was on the first page of the leaderboard at the Open. Uh, Lucas Beauregard, another player who was also up there on the first page of the leaderboard on the weekend, is 125 to 1 at mybookie.ag. So I like both of those guys. Uh, and then finally, a guy that I'm not going to play in DFS, but I can't not put a unit on him on my bookie is Keith Mitchell at 175 to 1. Uh, Keith obviously checks the box in strokes gain off the tee. He loves Bermuda surfaces, loves them. He did miss the cut, but he didn't miss it by much at the open. Uh, and he's 175 to 1 in a 64 man field. 
I think I gotta have a unit on Keith Mitchell. So there's a six K range for me. Okay. Um, well, <laughs> I will say this, and I looked at Keith Mitchell as well, but he is actually 48th in this field in strokes gained putting in Bermuda grass. How, over how what what term? Are you, how long are you looking there? 75 rounds. 75. Okay. Yeah, I mean, which, which, 40th. In. Which was one thing I was just kind of like, and I do agree, like, he typically has putted very well. He's did more comfortable. Just, he's did you he's just not like, a great putter. Did you pee your pants or something, and so you're, like, wiping it up, or what are you doing there? <laughs> no, I've got, like, a wooden chair that I sit on, so I put this pillow on it to make it comfortable for my bony ass, since I'm just adjusting the pillow. It's like one of those feather pillows that... The feathers move okay. around, you know. I feel so like that's sort of. A, I just that's very just old manish of you. I feel like that's something I should be doing. I, do I, I'm, I might need to switch to the pillow underneath me here. I feel like I got a good good setup though. But it's just all a, right. So I'm gonna go with. Um, I've actually got two Asians in here in the uh, in the sixty in the six K oh, range. Okay. So I'm gonna go with. Let me guess. Uh, let me let me guess. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I, I have got Asians, I've got yeah. some CT Pan. Here at 6,800, you know, a guy that he checks sucked more. Sucked at the open. He he sucked at a lot of the majors, but he's actually been extremely well when it comes to your to your regular tour events. He's he's been played really well this year. So you know, I think CT Pan is. And, and look, here's another thing with this 6K range and in any tournament like this where you, it's a World Golf event and you've got these guys, every everyone's going to make the cut. Um, you know, you got you got to kind of take a little bit of a chance on some guys, and he's played well this year. We've seen him win this year. Finished third, I think it was back in the Charles Schwab. So I like CT Pan at 6,800. I think he's a good fit for this course. Um, and he finished 18th here in 2018, so last year. So he had a top 20 finish. So he obviously has played it well last before. Year. Yeah, it's the same course. Um, and then also I will go with Hao Tong Lee at 6,600. He let me down last week. I thought he might have a good week, um, but he is a good scorer. He checks the box and opportunities gained. Also in that par four scoring, he's top 20 in the field there from 450 to 500 yards. Definitely accurate off the tee. You look at the stats. I looked at the stats for him last week uh, as far as the European tour stats, and he checks the box and scoring for sure. So I do like some Hao Tong Lee at 6,600. Definitely going to be, a, you know, a low-owned guy as well as I think CT Pan is. To win a tournament, you got to have you got to have some of these low-owned guys. So, and you, you yep. never know what can happen. So, there you go. I liked your Harding pick, by the way. He was the other one. I was kind of going in between him and Hao Tong Lee, right there. So, um, I'm with you there on, on him. So, boom. Our boy Nick just said he can battle with the big guns because he doesn't know who any of them are. Who said that? Al Tong Lee definitely knows that. Um, Nick on YouTube. Um, one and done. I'm going to go with, by the way, on the, if you're playing DFS, obviously we've said this a hundred times, 64-man field, no cut. Ownership is super important, especially if you're playing in a big contest. you got to play a couple guys that are weird, you know, that are like going to make you uncomfortable if you want to finish top 1% or better in one of those big DFS tournaments. Um, so just take note of that. Don't get too chalky. Um, one and done, I'm going to go Tony Finau. Haven't used him all year because he sucked. 
but I'm feeling, you know, I said I, I liked him in cash, and I feel confident that he's he's turned it around that quickly. Um, so I'm going Tony Finau, one and done. Okay, I like that. By the way, did you know? Did you know I've caught up to you in the one and done like very very recently? Mm. I think you, you had a that. you had a much better you had a much better week than me this past week. You did not for last week because Brooks yeah, got me five hundred grand and you got like ten thousand or something. Maybe it's not gonna happen. Who are you taking this week? I'm gonna go with Bryson. Oof. I'm gonna go with Bryson. Ouch. Okay. All right, Pat. Um, let's get to our favorite segment of every week. It is the chunk and run. It is the. Uh, it's you know it's when we talk about random stuff. The chunk is anything about golf, anything at all. The run is about anything that's not golf related. So we would ask that some of you would uh, email in or DM us on Twitter or Instagram your chunk and run questions. Uh, we need them. We we need them. So. Uh, tonight's Chunk and Run segment brought to you by our friends at FanshareSports.com. Um, listen, we've been going there for three years now to check tournament ownership. If you're playing DFS, if you're playing GPPs, if you're playing NFL or the PGA Tour in terms of DFS and GPPs, you need to have FanshareSports.com subscription ready to go. And you can use promo code TOURJUNKIES for your 20% off uh, weekly, monthly, or annual subscription. They listen to all the shows. They read all the articles. They do all the stuff, and they say, "Hey, you know, if you only have time to listen to Tour Junkies because they're hilarious and amazing, here's what the other people who may be smarter than the Tour Junkies are saying they want to do. So therefore, you will have an idea of who's chalky and who is not. So there you go. FanshareSports.com promo code Tour Junkies. Chunk and run, Pat." You know, we were inspired by Shane Lowry winning the Open Championship, partying like an animal, driving to his hometown in Ireland, I believe Dublin, and partying with his dad, his caddy, a bunch of lads and mates. And they, late into the night, were pounding Guinnesses from the, uh, from the, the claret jug there. If you were to win the Open, who makes the guest list? Who are you inviting to the after party? And who specifically are you excluding from the after party? You know, we've talked to our buddy Kisner, right? Like, we've, we've been hanging out with Kiz on a Sunday at the PGA Championship or whatever when he's had a chance to win it. And and Kiz has told us, like, hey, if we win this thing, you're staying with me. You're partying. We're going to private jet jet it back home to, the, to Augusta. And, of course, it never happened. But, you know... At least for now, I think we're on the list. But who would be on your list, Pat, and who specifically would be excluded from your list? Well, there's a lot of folks that would be on the list. Because um, I would think of you know dating back all the way till when I was a kid and whatever else. But So I'll start with this. Definitely family members. Family members are all on the list. They're, they're going to be partying with me. Um, so I, I will definitely do that. Um, even though I said it earlier, I'd put you on the list, David. You would be on the list to party with me. Uh, I'd be making you take shots, you. though. You would be, you'd have to take shots. You, you couldn't just sip on something, um, you know, and not. Like, I would want really drunk DB uh, at the party, um, so we would, have <laughs> to get you, we would have to get you there. Um, I would want a past open champion there. And so I would have, John, I would have John Daly there. I feel like John Daly oh, must be brilliant play. 
I brilliant like play. I'm gonna, Daly, I'm gonna add that to mine. I feel like Daly has to be there, so I would I would put him on the list. And then um, there's a there's a, there's a couple one more on the list, and then I'm gonna tell you what I'm also gonna do. Now this is not necessarily a certain person on the list, but something I would do with the Claret Jug. It would be kind of like a tour. And so, but I would have Snoop Dogg there. I feel like Snoop Dogg needs to be at the party. Just, I just, I just love some Snoop. I love his chill attitude. I also attitude. wrote down a rapper. Yeah. I think of, I think of Snoop with, um, like, like the the scene in Old School. You know, when he just he comes out, he's in the party. You know, they have the house party there, and he's just like, you know, partying with all the college folks. So that leads me to what I would do with Snoop, John Daly, DB, my family, and everything else. We would go to Athens, Georgia, with the cup. Okay, so I go back to my college days. And we would bar hop with that damn thing all over Athens, Georgia, because of course, you know, obviously, I, it means I was a good golfer. Every and I played for Georgia, probably is what it would mean. And so I would just be doing like I would go back to all the bars that I haven't been to in years in Athens. You know, the the uh, God, I can't even I can't even think of all of them. But anyway, so East West, by the way, East West was a great bar there. Uh, Gus Garcia's was a great bar. I'd go there when I was, you know, in this tour of Athens. So all these people would be with me and it'd be just a traveling party. We'd be singing, we'd be drinking out of the cup. I mean, it, it would be it, it would be just the most epic party ever. And it would last a long, long time. A long like it would last two or three days. We'd Who have would like you those... not invite. Alright, so the not invite part was difficult for me because I'm just I'm kind of I'm a friendly person. Like there's not I don't I, I'm very inclusive. You know I don't I don't really not like to have anybody you know be able to you know enjoy things with me. But um, God, if I had to not invite it, it it would be it would be the the tour junkie the haters It'd be the haters. Just say if you're a hater, you're you're, you're you can't come in the door. And I'd have a few on the list, but I'm probably I'm not going to say them right now. But I'd have them on there, and you would be on the list, and you just you would find out that you couldn't you couldn't participate. So you just find out. You just find out. I think that'd be the toughest part. Is you thought like maybe you were a friend, but then you got to there, and you find yourself not on the list. We just got a great YouTube comment from our boy Jason Little John, who we uh, we happen to meet at Masters Week. He said. Would Mark Melton make the list? <laughs> you know what? For those Actually, of you who don't know, Mark Melton is a uh, a nemesis of ours in my in my member guest. He's a sandbag and son of a gun. He'd be Would welcome. Mark he'd be Melton? welcome in my party because you know what? we hung out. F with him. you, man. I, I'm not inviting Mark Melton. I don't care. He we did had, turn out to we be had an a okay great guy. time with he him. He turned out to be an okay guy, but f Mark Melton. I'm never inviting that guy to my open celebration. There's okay. no way. There's freaking like no I way said, it pisses me like off I that said, you didn't say that. I, I pretty much like everybody. I hate to, I hate to exclude. That's everybody. bull. That's total bull. You freaking hate. You hate plenty of people. All right. First of all, I would invite you by default. Um, I would invite Ash and I would invite Ben Little, uh, the two guys that help us the most at the tour junkies. Oh yeah, I'd put them on guys there for sure. It. But well, I well, you know, Ash, Ben would be in Athens anyway, so he'd be along for he'd be he'd be there for the party. See, well. my party. See, my party's going down in the UK. Where, wherever I win it, I hope it's like Scotland or Ireland. Forget England. I've been to England. England sucks. England sucks. Okay, um, England freaking sucks. So 
I, I'm winning it in this dream. I'm winning it in Scotland or Ireland, and I'm partying with those folks, uh, and we're partying there. We're not we're not jetting over to Athens, Georgia. All right, I get it. You want to reminisce your your college life 25 years ago, but I'm not doing that. Um, but see, then you're gonna have you're gonna have like a few people, but nobody else knows you, so you're not able to enjoy it with the people that you love, that you enjoy being. Oh, I don't need people to know me. God, I that's the I want to get the farthest away from the people that know me as possible. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be around those people. I want to be in Scotland, Ireland. I want to be partying with the people of the land, of which I have conquered the. No, but judge. see, that you know would happen mean? like the first night because you pretty much have to. But then you got. Well, that's get, what I'm talking about. The first night. That's what I'm talking get, about. You never. You I'm, never said that in here. It never says. It says if you won the open, who are you inviting to your party? Whatever, man. Okay. All right. Well, in my in my dream, it's the it's the night of. Okay, it's the first night. It's the Shane okay. Lowry first night. And obviously, I'm famous enough to win the Open, so I got some famous friends. I'm inviting Mark Wahlberg because immediately Mark Wahlberg raises the cool status in the room. You know, so I feel like Wahlberg walks in; it has a little credibility to myself. Uh, I'm I'm inviting Directv Perry, your brother Chris Perry, uh, because he's clearly the cooler of the of the twins. I um, and maybe he gets just drunk enough that I punch him in the face again, which has happened in real life. Um, I for some reason I wrote down your name twice. I don't know what's happening there. That's probably like because you I have already like, said you're invited. You have like the two levels of Pat, so there's like a there's you you, yeah. you, you wanted first and second <laughs> level Pat. Uh, <laughs> I I wrote down another celebrity, a country singer that I really like that I also know really loves golf, uh, and that is Luke Combs. I invite Luke Combs. I'd want him bringing his his music, his guitar up on stage, and we're singing some songs and drinking out of the clear jug and just you know he's kind of the party. Uh, at some point, I would want to run across a a homeless man in the UK, in Scotland, Ireland. I want to run across that man and have him come party with us, just so we have some random homeless guy partying. I think Ed Sheeran would be a good one. Uh, another kind of guy like Luke Combs. When Luke was tired, Ed could pop in. You know, he's a UK guy. He could kind of fill in the blanks there. I think Lil Wayne. You you had a rapper on there. I'm a big Lil Wayne fan. Little little Tunchy, little Wheezy. Uh, I feel like Lil Wayne could throw down. We could drink some. We could drink some lean. We could drink some purple stuff. Some codeine. Uh, that'd be fun. Um, I think our boy Moose from Fantasy National Golf Club. We have partied with Moose. Oh, before. gotta have Moose, yeah. It is always a good time. Um, I'm definitely partying with Moose. And then, um, lastly, I, you know, I thought a lot about music here. I, I think Zed, who's probably one of my favorite DJs, uh, he's he's a phenomenal DJ. You know, so when when is Luke he like, is and he Ed like, Sheeran, is he like a Bad Bunny or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone like Luke or Ed Sheeran or Lil Wayne, like when they tire out, Zed can kind of kick it on the ones and twos, you know what I mean? Uh, people who I'm making sure not to invite would be Patch. Uh, I'm sorry, oh, I got one more that I would invite, and that's Patrick Reed. I would invite Patrick Reed uh, because I just want a villain in there, and I, I embrace Patrick Reed a little bit. I want to loosen him up. I want to see what he's like loosened up a bit. Not Justine, just Patrick. I'm definitely not inviting Bryson DeChambeau for obvious reasons. Wait, wait. I'm, Why would you invite Patrick Reed? He won't loosen up just because he's Captain America. Yeah, he will. He, he can't party. No, no, no. He definitely will. No, he can't no, party. No, he definitely will. 
Yeah, that yeah, guy with, cannot party. Our... Nobody, Patrick Reed cannot party. There is no effing way that dude would be invited anywhere around me. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. It, you say that, but it's it's probably because he's never been invited to a good party. And this would be a good party. Uh, I already mentioned Mark Wahlberg, Ed Sheeran, Luke Combs, and Lil Wayne. That's a damn good party. Patrick Reed is, is coming to the party sans Justine, okay? And he's going to be loose. We're going to get him lubed up. He's going to tell us all the stories about how he stole shit out of people's lockers at Augusta University and how much he hates the Euros, and it's going to be a blast. He's going to tell us all the Ryder Cup stories. He's going to have a great time. He's going to get sloppy drunk, and we're going to love it. And I think Reed's, I think Reed's all in. Um, people I'm not inviting are Bryson. Duh. Uh, I'm not inviting Kisner because Kiz, even though... Why would you would not invite, want Kiz there? Because it would be... Because Kiz is the most alpha mother effer I know. Okay? He is the most alpha dude I know. Every time when we text him, when we talk to Kiz, he wants to just dominate you, and he wants to, like, show how big his nuts are and just dominate and, and alpha everybody in the room so much that I would love nothing more than to leave him out of the celebration. Just to be like, you know what, kid? It's like Brooks not returning the text from Tiger, which we didn't even talk about Tiger and his whole thing. But it, it would be like, it would, it, would just, it would just give me a lot of gratification one time to just not invite kids. Now, if I won again, I would totally invite kids. But the first time, I'm going to humble his ass. That's all, I'm, that's all I'm saying. And then finally, I'm not inviting any of the foreplay guys. They're all tools. All right. Um, if final question, the run question. This podcast has gone on way too long for the FedEx Cup St. Jude. Uh, if you were a Twitter troll, who would you troll? And are there any particular strategies or techniques that you would use as said Twitter troll? We we have some Twitter trolls. Um, a couple of them came out last week for whatever reason. I don't freaking know. But it's really got Pat all hot and bothered, y'all. Pat is like. He's like contemplating jumping off a bridge. He hates people not liking him or approving of him. He can't handle it. So I felt like it was appropriate to talk about, you know, maybe an outlet for him would be to be a Twitter troll, which we've never been. We've never been a Twitter troll. We don't, you know, but maybe if you could be, who would you troll and what what would you do to troll them, Pat? Yeah, I mean, I think here's the thing with Twitter trolls. It's just... It's interesting because when you know you, you have these folks out there that that is that is like what they do they're just they're just gonna troll so you kind of have to realize that it's it's just it is what it is and you know not everyone likes you and that's fine and whatever else I think for me and I'm just I'm just before I talk about who I would troll I'm just saying that the reason trolls probably get to me more than most or most things. Because I, I can, I, you know, I can pretty much take take anything. But it's the fact that they don't know who you are as a person. They know who you are on Twitter, and that's it. They they see they see what they see on Twitter. They may they may listen to to the show and whatever else. But they they are not sitting there like you and I hanging out together and doing whatever else. And I feel like you're getting comments by the way on YouTube because I can I can look when you're you're seeing that. <laughs> so. So, I mean, you know, if, if I were to be a troll, first off, I would troll you, for one. Uh, 
So I would like, I would completely. What would tro- you do to troll me? I would troll. Well, you can't troll me, dude. I don't care. I know, but I would still try my hardest. Like I would. You I try would, now on text threads that we have. You, you, you like you I would sit there, like managed. I would, I would try to get as mean as I possibly could, because I can get mean. Actually, I can get mean. I know. I've seen you drunk and mean. I can, I can throw, I can, I can throw out some low blows, and and I would do. That's what I would do. I would be like that. What, where? What would your low blows be? Like, what would you go at? For you? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't want to go there because I don't. I mean, I'm not a <laughs> troll, so I'm not going to go there. I mean, you could go there with anybody, but I don't. I don't like for anybody to feel bad about themselves. I like to lift people up. You know. <laughs> but if if I were gonna if I were gonna troll anybody, it would be in. in and this is probably. This probably isn't very original, but it, it would be in the political arena because, for one, I'm not, in general, I think people just think of probably us and think of, you know, because, we're, I don't know, whatever, for Southerners that we have, have one particular way of thinking. So I would probably actually troll the opposite way. Like, I would, I would troll, you know, Fox News or something just to mm. do it. We got a great YouTube comment just now. What was that? <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I Our boy Josh, Josh Kitzler, the bangs stand at attention when Pat's temper flares. <laughs> <laughs> the bangs are getting a lot of love tonight, Pat. I know. See, if you're not, if you're only listening to the audio version and you've not made it an hour and a half into this stupid podcast. You would not know this. You need to be watching on uh, on YouTube. Yeah, I hate that well, I don't have you, a better answer, but I just, I don't know. Trolling. You clearly didn't give a lot of thought to the troll thing. No, um, I didn't. You know what? You, well, you, re- you set these questions, like, you set them harder last week when we had more time and it was the Open Championship, and then you set them even, I mean, like, these are, like, too much thought is being, like, just make it easier next time. Maybe Fuck. let's come back to this then. Maybe let's come back to this question. Um, I wrote down three names of people I trolled. The first one is Patrick Harrison Perry. I would troll the shit out of you. Um, and I would troll you by telling you, first of all, every day how bad you are at DFS, because I know that would piss you off. I would troll you by telling you how ridiculously unkempt your shirts and hair and all the OCD stuff that you pay attention to. I would tell you all about that every single day. I would troll you about that a lot. Um, and then I would troll you by talking about what a uh, horrible player and person um, uh, Freddie Couples is. I would just I would rail on Freddie Couples all the time just to totally piss you off. That's what I would do to you. I wrote that down. Uh, also, I would troll Tiffany Amber Thiessen's husband like a madman. I may even consider doing that now. Um, I would just troll him and tell him what a what a douche he is. I would tell him how stupid he is. I would make fun of him at every at all costs. I would troll Tiffany Amber Thiessen's husband. And then finally, I would troll Bryson DeChambeau's mom. Not Bryson. I hit him where it hurts. I get his mom. Jan DeChambeau. I would fucking rail Jan DeChambeau at all costs, relentlessly, daily, talking about 
I would, I would, I would, I would talk to her about what a douche lord her son is because I know that hitting mom with with the the son card is worse than hitting the son with the son card. You know what I mean? Like, I would hammer Jan daily with what a dick she raised in Bryson DeChambeau. I would clip his press conferences. I would quote him in the news. Um, <laughs> The YouTube comments, um, and then I would, and then just for fun, not for serious, but for fun, I would hit on her. I would, I would hit on Jan. I would, I would come on to her on Twitter, on social media, um, just to, just to, just to get under Bryson's skin if he happened to be looking. Uh, I would gladly, I would gladly nail uh, on Twitter Jan DeChambeau. Well, it sounds like he'd be a good, good troll. <laughs> <laughs> we got I mean, lots of I trolls, think, man. I think it takes it takes a certain personality to be a troll, and it is it is what it is. I mean, if you if that's your personality, then you can you know have at it. I you mean, know what though? I, you I mean, know what I'm I going back to were... this is this literally strikes a, a very big nerve with me though. It's just it is, and it's it may be because of life experiences and whatever else. It's just. I feel like you just take every opportunity to lift someone up and not tear them down. And that is, it's just, it's a, you can make fun of that all you want, but I just do not feel like, you know, being this negative whatever else personality on Twitter, on whatever else, behind a veil of some, you know, avatar or whatever else is just the, the most, the, the most classless, the most, um, you know, God, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, nutless, nutless, like, gutless. Yeah, I mean, we... Like you have, you have, you just. It's just. It, it drives me up the wall. We put ourselves out there every single day, every single week, with what we do from a. And and who who gives a crap that it's free? Whatever, but. The fact that there are people out there that just hate on that and people's effort, they don't know. They don't know what effort we put into the... the sh- God, this is just a rant we don't need to get in right now. But it, it just... No, it, let's it, get in it. You know, we're we're an hour and 40 minutes into this. If anybody's listening at this point, they actually care anyway. I've, I'm with you, man. Like, we have trolls. All of a sudden, we got trolls at 10,000 followers. It was weird. We have, like, 15 now. Like, at 10,000 followers, we started getting trolls. And these guys... What what kills me the most is the guys who are anonymous. Your Saul Goodman dickholes, like the the guys who are afraid to be themselves, to be to to, to put not their one own single picture of them on uh, anywhere. Not one picture, dude. What a what a just word. Don't you even are. know the location. Hey, guess what? I'm in Savannah, Georgia. You could probably look at my address. I'll give you my mother address. My address is all is all over the damn chalk bomb, mother. You can send me some mail. You can show up at my house, and I will <laughs> I will pop a cap in you. I mean, but like it's the just Twitter freaking trolls freaking ridiculous. It just drives me up the wall. But you know and what? And then like these guys that troll us because we have a bad week or because the chalk bomb hits. I'm like, dude, this is freaking golf gambling. Like I don't care. If, yeah. if Podcast X is on the heater of the century, six months from now, they will be gonna be that way. The, the, it ain't going to be that way, man. It's freaking golf. Like That's why we know that if we make it entertaining, 
at minimum, if we make it entertaining, you will keep coming back. The picks may suck. You may play all of our fades and fade all of our plays and come out on top. Congratulations. But you, it, like, if you think somebody's gonna got some magical formula to betting golf, you are fucking, you've lost your damn mind. And and then for you to troll us because the chalk bomb, which is the freaking chalk bomb for a reason, mother, it's a chalk bomb for a reason. I'm not giving you damn Fabian Fabian Gomez. Let's fade Fabian Gomez at sixty three hundred dollars <laughs> at point three percent ownership. No, no shit. Like I'm not giving you that. I'm giving you a top a top owned guy who's top owned for a reason. Because he checks boxes, because he's got good history here, because he's playing good, because he's a muff stud, right? That's why we're giving him to you as a chalk bomb. We're just saying here are ten reasons that this guy may be worth avoiding. And we got people who freaking ch- chirp us because the dude finishes 12th. Like, stab me in the eyeball with this pin right now. Do you not have anything else to do? And then I've got people like Saul Goodman who just freaking makes a living on Twitter being anonymous. And these people bow down to him and suck his cock all the time thinking he's funny and he's just a cunt. He's just a dirty... He's just a... He's a twat waffle. You know what I mean? Like, he's just a spineless guy. He thinks, you, he thinks he's some... He thinks if he's you, some if you put, enlightened let me, one. Let me stop but, but he, here. Let me he stop gets here. mad at us because we're from Georgia. If you put, which by the way is that that is another thing too that comes in. Golly, we're getting into all of it here. But here, here's the thing. Look, if you're if you're respecting someone on Twitter because of you know they may be a troll or whatever else. And they're behind a veil. They're behind. They're they're having no picture of whatever it is. And that you put your respect in them, I question you. I question your judgment. I question everything else because I don't understand how you can do that. I want you know. That means you can just blindly follow anyone. You're you're just gonna you're gonna follow the crowd because some. You mean you don't know what this person's all about or whatever. They're not gonna tell you anything. So. I mean, why would I respect anybody like that? So, you know, all these people that just glad hand to the tri- the trolls out there, and they're out there. You can listen. I mean, I know them from, from the podcast we listen to and whoever else we follow. I mean, it just makes no sense to me. It, it, there's a lot of frauds out there. The one thing I'll say that you and I give every week is we give our hearts to this podcast. We do this show. We put in our research. We take the trolls with whatever they are. And, you know, so if, if you don't, you know, if, if you just want to be a troll, that's fine. I don't care. But at least respect the grind that's been, that we've Dude, done. Dude, there are freaking 5011 podcasts that do what we do. And you are welcome to go listen to any of them. All right? You're welcome to go listen to any of them. You're welcome to subscribe and go through the paywall to any of them you want. Good luck, homie. But here's what I'll tell you. Every Monday, I'm going to start with Monday, mother. I'm going to end on this, mother. Every Monday, I spend four hours researching, writing up the show rundown, prepping for this crap, and for four years in a row, I have left my family, my wife and kids, at 8.30 every night, p.m. Eastern, to walk upstairs and disappear till midnight because I'm recording this show, I'm doing videos for DraftKings, I'm editing this crap, 
I am putting my heart and soul into this. Now, do I enjoy it? Of course I enjoy it. Oh, we love it. But we that, love it. But that's that's just Monday. That's just Monday. Tuesday in the morning, I'm adding to Roto Grinders stuff. Pat's adding to Roto Grinders stuff. Pat's writing the FGS article that is free. I'm maintaining our website. Pat is shipping merch. All right. Uh, let's see what else. I'm continuing to research. Then comes Wednesday. All right. I'm fixing all Pat's errors from the FGS article. <laughs> Pat's hopping on the Roto Grinders chat room for an hour during the evening away from his family. All right. Uh, not counting any of the Twitter, Instagram. Uh, watching, listening to press conferences from freaking Bryson DeChambeau that I gotta listen to, which I want to shoot myself in the head with that. That's on Wednesday, all right. And, and 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 then the interviews we line up, all this freaking stuff, man. Give me a freaking break coming at me anonymously. If you want to hate on me for being arrogant and being from the South or whatever judgments you think you know of me, that's one thing, man. But damn, if you come at me anonymously like a like a freaking if you want to come at me like that, you know what I mean? Like, after all I put into this for four years, we're not some startup fly-by-night, oh, everybody's doing the DFS podcast thing, let me hop in. We've been doing this shit for four years. You'll come at me anonymously like a coward. God, dog, it just pisses coward. me off. That's, what I, that's the word I was looking for earlier. Gee, freaking coward. That was that's the word I was looking for podcast. Well, golly. Freaking love you guys. The guys hey, that by the us. way, yeah, we don't. Hey, we love doing this. We love the listeners. Man. But you know what? Sometimes we gotta do on a little rant about because you can't just you can't just take it forever and not actually answer for yourselves. And so we're gonna do yeah. that sometimes. So and we, you we know what? If you don't it, like it, fine. I don't care. Yeah, we, we take it, it a lot. Like we don't comment a lot. We do. We've never blocked anybody. We don't block people on Twitter. Yeah. You know how many people I'd love to block right now? We don't block people on Twitter. I'm like, dude, if you just whatever. Like I'm not gonna block you. But, like, dang, we appreciate the people who chime in and tell us they appreciate it, they appreciate the time. Listen, we're nothing special. We really aren't. We just put time to this. It is what it is. Like, check, geez. Like, but we appreciate you guys. If you like us, leave an iTunes review and tell somebody else about it. That's what you can do. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. May your screens be green. I got to figure out what I'm doing. See ya!